Good morning, church. What a beautiful song. Through the storm, right? My anchor holds. I'm reminded of when the apostles were in the boat, Jesus was asleep. And the wind kicked up, the storm kicked up. And they were afraid. I don't know about you, but I'd be afraid. I'd be scared. But Christ, right? But Christ was in the boat with them. And it's just, it's crazy because sometimes we forget. Christ is in the boat. Christ is there with you. All you got to do is just call on his name. And there he is. So be encouraged this morning. If you're in the middle of the storm, when the gale is just blowing like crazy, it's sideways raining in your life, Christ is in the boat. Call on his name. Makes all the difference. Amen? Amen. So you get me today. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like a consolation prize. It's like, eh. <laughs> it's okay, though. It's all right. We're going to uh, spend the next few moments continuing on in our series in uh, Philippians. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you to stand to your feet one more time while we read God's word. I know you just got comfortable. I'm so sorry. I should have led with that, right? But I was inspired. I was inspired. So we're going to be in the, still in the book of Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to read uh, four short verses. So I hope that you can follow along. If um, you didn't bring your Bible, that's okay. It's going to be on the screen for you. And the word of the Lord says, starting in verse 27, chapter 1, it says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast. They stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. Verse 29, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Verse 30, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, dear God, and We just thank you for this awesome time that we had in worship, dear God. You are so, so worthy, dear God. And it is great and awesome to proclaim your goodness. I just pray, dear Lord God, that as we look into your word these next few moments, my God, that you would look into our hearts, my God. Search us, my God. Help us to see the areas in which we need to repent, dear God. Give us the courage dear Lord, to repent, to commit, dear God, to living differently in light of your truth. Father, I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. And y'all already started the timer. Man, I thought I had at least until after the prayer. Apparently not. So, so far this series, we've learned that being the light is only possible when the body of Christ is unified, say unified, unified, unified around the gospel. 
This unity around the gospel provokes fellowship, develops assurance, and inspires love. The world needs a little love, right? (laughs) More than a little. Having this unified gospel-centered mindset is the key to having a unified focus that will advance the cause of Christ. We're about that, right? Advancing the, the cause of Christ. It will cause us to, thank you, it will cause us to rejoice where God is at work and produce a sure hope inside each and every one of us. Being of one mind, unified around the gospel, and having a unified focus should produce in us, as a people, conduct that is consistent, cooperative, and confident. And that's what we're going to go ahead and get into today. All these things that we've covered so far, if we don't walk them out, it's all for naught. It's all head knowledge, which head knowledge is good, but we got to walk these things out, right? They don't become powerful. They don't become evident until we walk them out. And so what I want you to think about today or the main idea today is going to be this. When we decide to follow Christ and allow our souls, our hearts, our souls to steep in the gospel, Our conduct cannot remain the same. Why? Because we've been changed, have we not? When we say yes to Jesus, we say no to everything else, right? To any other functional savior, to any other outlets, we say no to all these things. Why? Because in Christ, we have it all. We could lose it all as far as our possessions, but if we have Christ, we have it all. Amen? Amen. I got a couple of amens. That was good. Oh, good. Okay, so my first point. A conduct worthy. Say, a conduct worthy. Okay, but like you mean it with some conviction, like right here from your, from your soul right here. A conduct worthy, better, of the gospel is consistent. Man, we got to be consistent. Verse 27, it says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit. So as believers, we need to walk a certain way. We need to walk differently, right? Because we've been changed from the inside. And so what comes out of us should be different. No longer are we that same sinner that we used to be before we came to Christ. We are changed. We are transformed. Now, I know we're going through a sanctification process, and I get that. But if you're the same person from before that you are now, you need to ask yourself some questions, right? Like, am I really spending the time with God that I need to spend with him? Am I really dedicating that time to him? Am I really sitting in his presence and soaking in who he is? Am I allowing his word to mold my heart, to affect my decisions? Am I meditating upon his word? Because our actions start in our mind, do they not? You start to think about things, mold things over, and then it becomes an action. So what are we meditating on? What are we thinking about? Is our conduct consistent? Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, so this is just like a page over. I love this. Paul says to us here, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, 
with long-suffering, so meaning that when you go ahead and deal with the knuckleheads in your life, you're not jumping on them, you know, like that. You, you know, you're giving them some grace, right? Long-suffering with one another. Bearing with one another in love. You know, that's when sometimes, you know, some people are hard to love because they annoy you, because they get under your skin. And before you were saved, you just cut them off. Before you were saved, the type of content that you had, you'd be like, nah, I'm good. You see them coming, you're like, I'm coming the other way. You see them going through something, they'll figure it out. Is that still you? Is that your conduct? Is that consistent with the gospel? Hard questions. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Are you a peacemaker? Consistently. Not like when it's convenient. Like, oh, man, I got to make peace with this person because, you know, I need something from them. <laughs> Listen, guilty as charged. Sometimes I'll be, like, be like, okay, let me go in. Man, that person made me mad, but now I need something from them. So let me go with a peace offering. Hey, you know, I know you're into this. Whatever it you're into coffee. So I remember that, you know, I, I missed your birthday. I'm so sorry. Here's a gift card. Happy birthday. I know it's belated, but here you go. Hey, now that we're talking, um, I need a favor. <laughs> Can you help me with this, that, or the other? What is our conduct like? 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 20, it talks about being a new creation, right? It talks about being ambassadors for Christ. When I read that scripture, and that, that word kind of jumped out at me, ambassador. So I looked it up. I said, what is an ambassador? An ambassador is one who represents their home country's policies and interests around the world. So now we are, now that we are, have been saved, right, we are citizens of heaven, right? No longer am I Puerto Rican and Panamanian, but I am from heaven, right? I'm a heavenly being. <laughs> Not really, but you get the picture. I'm a citizen of heaven, right? When I die, I'm going to go home, right? This is a temporary situation for me now. My permanent residence is in heaven. So now a citizen of heaven, just like a citizen of any country, has rights, privileges, but also, also responsibilities, right? Responsibilities. So what kind of ambassador for Christ are you? Are you an accurate one? Are you one, the one that promotes the interests? the views set forth in this word? Or do you kind of just make it up as you go along? I got to be honest with you. Sometimes, most of the time, I'm good. Sometimes I get a little, I start to make things up. You know, Well, it sounds good. Well, I mean, in the end, it's okay. We got to be consistent. We have to be consistent. So what does your conduct say you represent? Because you could talk all day, right? But it's the way that you live that people see. They see as you struggle through whatever you're struggling through. They see how you are at work when your boss makes a decision that you don't agree with. What's your next step? Are you talking about your boss behind your back? Behind their back? Is that your conduct? Or are you taking those things before the Lord? 
who do you represent? It's funny, my dad, he didn't have a dad growing up, but he was a great dad. Uh, that man showed up to every single event. Dad, I'm getting an award. I'll be there. Dad, something, I'll be there. Dad, I'm sick. I'll be there. I'll come pick you up. No problem. But he always instilled in us this. He said, wherever you go, you represent us. You represent the Banos family. So don't be going out there acting crazy. So when you come back and I hear what's going on, I'm going to give you the business. Okay? I'm going to straighten you out. Banyo says do things a certain way. Banyo says always polite. They're always courteous. They hold the door open. They say please. They say thank you. They say excuse me. All those things. That's who we are. Why? Because I represent my parents. And if I'm out here acting crazy, people are going to see it. Well, I don't know what they're doing at home. But apparently, <laughs> they're doing something crazy. No, it's true. No home training. It's like, man, what is going on? It's my conduct. My conduct. I didn't want to embarrass my dad because I knew that it creates some problems. In interviews that I do, I always ask people, I say, hey, what would your previous supervisor say about you? What would they say about you? Sometimes I see people like stumble. You go ahead and get that little hint like, um, <laughs> take your time. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, they would say that I am uh, I'm hardworking. You know the cliche answers. I'm hardworking, punctual, and team player. <laughs> Those are usually the top three. Hardworking because nobody is a slacker. Ever, ever. Nobody ever comes to me and says, hey, you know what, Aldo? Man, I'm, I'm a slacker. I am slacking. You know, I don't deserve a raise. You know, everybody else is working harder than I am. They don't say that. They always say, man, so-and-so is not working. What are you doing about so-and-so? They're always sitting down. They're doing more. I'm doing more exams than everybody. I am the best employee on your team. You're like, wow, okay, all right. But more importantly, what would your coworkers say about you? If I were to go to your job and interview your coworkers, what would they say about your conduct? If I were to interview your family members, what would they say about your conduct? Not about that question. That's a scary question, right? No, no, he's great. Eh? But... <laughs> He tends to do this, tends to do that. I'm just talking about me. Tends to do this other thing, tends to. Our conduct. Our conduct has to be consistent. Now, it's not perfect. I'm not saying that. But consistent. Consistent. 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12. I love this switch. I'm going to turn there because I love it so much. 1 Peter. Chapter 2, starting in verse 11, it says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. That's who we are, right? We're just passing through sojourners and pilgrims. Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, 
having your conduct honorable, say honorable, honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. They might be hating on you, but they're hating on you because you're doing good. They're kind of like, man, I can't be around this guy. I can't be around this lady because she's always trying to go ahead and guide us to the... <laughs> I was in a, a, a teacher, a parent-teacher conference way back when Alina was uh, in... Uh, she, I think she was in first grade. It might have been third grade. I don't know. And so Alina was high energy, just like my son. They're just the high energy kids. I'm low key. Listen, I am not high energy. I am low key. <laughs> they get it for me. So, <clears throat> so the teacher was saying that, wow, you know, your daughter, I love having her in a, in a group, especially kind of an unruly group because she brings everybody back in line. I'm like, my daughter's Alina Baños. Who are you talking about? Because Alina, she, uh, she's like, no. When Alina is here, she is focused on her work. I'm like, yeah, because she need to be focused. Cause, and not, she's going to get the business when she gets home. <laughs> she's a Baños, she's got to represent. No, but... She told me that, and I'm like, wow, man. You know, and I bet you that her, her schoolmates, they, Alina probably got on their nerves because when they wanted to go in and go right and they were supposed to go left, Alina's like, no, no, we're going this way. We're going this way. The teacher said go this way. This is the way we're going. But are we like that? Am I like that? I hope so. That when I know that I know that, man, this is wrong. Now standing up and I'm saying, no, this is the right way. This is the right thing to do. Is that the conduct that I have? Is it consistent? The way we behave is indicative of the convictions we hold to. Our conduct is a testament to the change that has happened in our hearts. If we're really about that gospel life, it will be evident. It will be evident. How many times have you been you know, at the job or people are like, man, something's different about you. What is, what's going on with you? Because your conduct should be different. Your conduct should say, you know what? God has changed my heart for the better. No longer am I a slave to sin. I'm a new creation. I'm his ambassador. When I come in the room, I represent Christ. I represent God here. I am his image bearer. I'm his image bearer. Second point. A conduct worthy. Say a conduct worthy. Conduct worthy. Oh, man, y'all went in and faded out on me again. One more time. Say a conduct worthy. Conduct better. Of the gospel, the gospel. is cooperative. cooperative. The second part of, of uh, verse 27, we got to go back to Philippians. Turn too far. The second part of verse 27 says, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. 
So don't miss the we there. Not only am, am I an ambassador for the gospel, but we collectively are a delegation for the gospel. A group of ambassadors is a delegation. So we are a delegation to the world. We're a delegation to the city of Oviedo. What's our conduct like? Are we working together for the advancement of the gospel? The word here with the striving together it, uh, it, in the Greek, and I, I don't speak Greek, but I'm going to say this word, son athleo. So it is a striving together as athlete. So that prefix son is similar to our, our prefix co. So it's one thing to labor, but when you co-labor, right, you're bringing some people along with you, right? It's one thing to operate, you know, operate on your own. But another thing to cooperate, right? To go ahead and come together for a specific purpose, to work together. If we're going to work together, it requires us to be on the same page. We have to be pulling in the same direction, right? It reminds me of a little cartoon that I saw. And uh, it was one boat, right? One boat. It was a rowboat. And uh, you, had, uh, you had a donkey on one side. And then right next to the donkey, you had an elephant. And the donkey was rowing in one direction, and the elephant was, work, was rowing in the opposite direction. So if you ever do that, you, you're going to go, right? You're just going to go in circles, right? You have to go ahead and work together to pull in the same direction if you're going to get anywhere, right? So it also reminded me, of my brother. Now, you guys know that I'm not really competitive, right? There you go. You know, you know. I am like ultra competitive. Like, I think every bone in my body screams competition because I, yo, I hate to lose. We don't play for fun in the Banos residence. We don't. We play to win, okay? And if we're not winning, we're not having fun, or we're not working as hard as we should. <laughs> I know, that's horrible, but I'm sorry. So <clears throat> my younger brother, he was a great basketball player. I, I think he's still, well, he's better than me, so, you know, that doesn't say much. But anyway, so when we were younger, my man was amazing. I mean, he's slightly taller than I am, but he could just, his jumping ability was just amazing. Anyway, so... If I was ever going to be on his team, now, I hate to lose, but he, like, it's, it's terrible. So if I'm going to be on his team, I better give 120%. I can only give 100, but I got to find another 20 to give, okay? Because if not, <laughs> if not, my man is coming down on me. What are you doing? Come on. Oh, it was terrible. That's terrible. When I did make shots, he's like, I'm like, damn, man, you can give me more encouragement than that. Like, <laughs> he just pointed at me and nodding. I'm like, okay. But 120%, man, because if you miss an assignment, like if you're supposed to guard this guy and this guy was, was scoring like crazy, it was going to be a bad day for you on that court on my brother's team. He was going to ride you until you go ahead and, you know, either quit <laughs> or guard your man. 
one of the two, 120%. If we're going to win, everyone needs to be on it. Everybody needs to do their assignment. If we're a delegation, right, then we all need to be pulling in the same direction. I can't go to your job. You can't come to my job. Well, I mean, you could, but you ain't going to get far. The people that you talk to, I might not necessarily be able to talk to those people. I might not necessarily have access to those people, but you do frequently. So are you striving together with me? As I'm over here in my assignment, are you on task on your assignment? Where are we at? So that when we come together and we talk to one another and be like, man, I am so encouraged when people tell me, listen, this is what happened to me at work last week. You know, I was able to go ahead and have a conversation with, you know, this person that I've been praying for, that I've been talking to. That's encouraging. You know what that tells me? You're on task. You got your assignment. You're making a difference there. And the same thing when I come and I tell you guys, I'm so excited because I'm like, man, God is using us as his body collectively to make a difference for the kingdom. And it's crazy because when you see, like when I saw my brother, because my brother would give like 150% when he was out there on the basketball court playing and stuff. I mean, sometimes I'd, I'd be like, where is he getting all this energy? How is he able to jump so high? How is he able to run all this time? This is like the third game. I need like oxygen and a water break. Now, like stat, I'm about to pass out. I'm looking for a substitute. Can you come in for can't even breathe. But when I see that, it inspires me. I'm like, nah, man, I got to get my man. I got to go ahead and get on my opponent. I, got, I can't miss my assignment. He's working super hard. Maybe I need to go ahead and step my game up. So as we learned in, earlier in the series, we see Paul suffering for the sake of the gospel, and it spurred others. It encouraged and emboldened others to share the gospel as well. So when we see our brothers and sisters out there doing what they're supposed to be doing, witnessing, living for Christ, living out loud, sometimes it's about, man, who does this guy think he is? Who does this person think he is? I've been guilty of that in the past. And the problem doesn't lie with them. The problem lies with me. Where's my fire? Where's my passion? Why am I not on assignment? Why am I not out there just living all out? The time to reflect on me. Problem isn't them. It's me. It's me. Last point. Repeat after me. Now loud, okay? I gave, I gave you guys a couple of chances, so say it with me. Say, a conduct worthy. A conduct worthy. Very good. Of the gospel, of the gospel. is confident. It's so continuing with this team analogy, right? Where is confidence gained or lost? Is it not in the actual game? Like, if you're in a series, right? Let's say it's a seven-game series, and you win the first game, that gives you confidence going into that second game. You win that second game, man, now you got momentum. And now you're like, man, this team cannot beat us. We got this team. Boom, and now you're up three games to none. We're unstoppable. 
And sometimes it feels that way, right? And other times, we lose. And we're like, man, God, I missed it. I dropped the ball. I missed my assignment. Man, and that is a blow to your confidence. But then I got to thinking, on the playground, when we had a good team and it was super close, like we just, we narrowly lost, we say three words. Run it back. Do y'all know what that means? Run it back? Run it back means, listen, we're going to keep the same team. I want another chance. Run it back. We're going to play another game. No, no, no. No water breaks. Get back on the court. Ball up. Let's go. Run it back. And so sometimes when you're in the midst of whatever it is and you miss that assignment, you drop the ball. Sometimes your confidence is shot. But the Spirit of the Lord says, the Spirit of the Lord says, run it back. We got this. Run it back. Don't give up. Run it back. Let's play again. Run it back. We got another opportunity. So even though you might lose some battles, my Bible tells me that we win the war. Somebody got it. I said, even though sometimes we lose some battles, my Bible says that we win the war. Better. Better. And so when we look, when we look at our lives, we've always, we've always had battles, right? We, we battle in car line. I got to get there super early. Mia, I got to get there super early to be in the front of the line. I don't understand. And then Alina's like, Dad, but you don't worry about it. I, I don't get dismissed until like 412, 4.15. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I still want to be first. The competitive spirit in me. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. We fight for that. We fight for promotions at work, right? We battle. We're like, no, I'm better than this person. I got this degree. I got that degree. Well, I'm just better looking or whatever it is. We fight in relationships, right? We battle for relationships. We, we, we battle to, to, on teams, we battle to beat people out of that last spot on the roster. When we became believers, our battles didn't end. It's not like the end of the battles, right? Our battles just changed. We took on new battles. Those battles that I talked about, those are temporal, right? Those, those, those have implications here on earth. But the battles that we fight now have eternal implications. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of, darkness, of, of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Man, those are scary battles. I'm just saying. When I think about that, I'm like, Lord, I need you on my team. I need to be, I need you to go before me. I need you, I need you, Lord. I can't fight these battles on my own. I can't fight these battles by myself. Our battles went to another dimension, right? The moment we said yes to Jesus, our battles went like next level. But we have Christ. Is is Christ not in the boat? Is Christ not in the boat? Right. He's in the boat with us. We don't go alone. He is with us. So we are able. In this life, we will have those who oppose us. 
Because we stand for the gospel. Don't be surprised when you have people that oppose you. Don't be shocked. When you stand for the gospel, the gospel is offensive. If you're a sinner, the gospel is offensive because it means that I have to surrender me. I have to surrender my life in order to be saved. And so it is offensive. But be encouraged. Don't be discouraged. And so in verse, verses 29 through 30, we see some encouragement. It says, we suffer for Christ. That suffering is a proof of our salvation. If we weren't suffering for Christ, you got to be questioning some things like, man, why am I not, am I not standing up for the gospel? Because there should be some people opposing you if you're standing for the gospel. Tell somebody that, hey, the only way to heaven is through Christ Jesus, through faith in him alone. Tell somebody that. They may be offended. Stand up and say it. Listen, the way that you're living, that sinful life, it offends God. You have broken his commandments. That's some bad news. You know what the penalty for that is? Eternal separation in hell from God. That might offend somebody. Somebody might be opposed to that. The fact that there's only one truth, and that is Christ. Tell somebody that. They'll get offended. But real quick, you have a bunch of people who oppose you. But that is just a testament to your salvation. It's also a way, right? So it is a privilege to suffer for the sake of Christ. It's no privilege to suffer for your own mistakes. That's terrible. <laughs> That's horrible. And nobody likes that. But to suffer for the sake of Christ, that is a privilege. It is a way that we get to show that we are really committed to him. Have some come, somebody come up in here and say, listen, if you're a Christian, I'm going to beat you. Some people be like, uh, I don't know about that. It's hard. That's hard. You know, it's not easy. But it's also a way for us to prove to ourselves that we are where we are in our commitment to him. So like if somebody comes and situation is like, hey, you come to a point where you can either compromise your convictions or you can stand firm in your convictions. When you choose to stand firm, you're like, man, you know what? Something's going on with me. Something's going on in my heart. Like it, When I said no to that, that normally before I would say yes to, I felt something inside of me. There was this, it's just something different. On the flip side, when I lose the battle and I say yes to that thing that I should have said no to, I feel just something, uh, just a turning in my heart like a, man, I missed it. Something wrong. Something's wrong. Those are those little tests. The last part, verse 30. That last encouragement is that we do not suffer alone, just like Paul was suffering. We don't suffer alone. There are other believers that are also suffering for the sake of the gospel. So when you are faced with persecution, when you're faced with opposition, you are not alone. You have a group of believers that, is going, that are going through the same thing. It is through our suffering that we gain confidence that we are truly his and his alone. So in closing, the tone of Philippians is joy. 
But the theme is unity in Christ's likeness. Our unity around the gospel is fleshed out through our conduct. It is especially evident when we go through suffering. When you're squeezed, we really know what's inside you. Because what comes out, that's the true testament of where you are, right? When you're tested and you're squeezed, whatever comes out, that's how you know. And most of the time, that's more for you than it is for anybody else. Then you realize what's what. Like when te- your teachers give you a test, that test isn't just for your teacher to see where you're at, right? That, t- that test is for you to see where you're at. Do you really know what you're supposed to know? Can you really apply what you're supposed to know? Well, I hate those kind of tests. I just want a brain dump. But when you ask me to apply, like, concepts, why? As Christians, our conduct should confirm the convictions of our hearts. We should team up with our brothers and sisters for the furtherance of the gospel. And our confidence is built as we suffer for Christ. So my closing question is this. What does your conduct say about your devotion to the gospel? What does it say? Think back to this past week, those situations. What does your conduct say about your devotion? Are you consistent? Are you committed? That's between you and God. I can't answer that, but you can. What are those areas? What are those areas where you missed it this week? God is telling you, run it back. Try again. He's with you. You can get it right with his strength. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we come before you, dear God, this morning, dear dear Lord, just thanking you. We thank you, my God, because you are so, so amazing. We thank you, my Lord God, because you are the God of second chances. You are the God that never, ever gives up on us, my Lord. So I thank you. I thank you for your faithfulness towards us, my God. And I just pray, my Lord God, the areas in which we have fallen short. I pray, my Lord God, that you would shore up those areas, that we would depend on your strength and not our own, my God. We want to be those who advance the gospel, dear God, wherever you place us, in our workplaces, dear God, in our, in our, in our jobs, in our schools, dear Lord, in our families, my God, in our neighborhoods. Help us to be those who represent you well, my God, who are about your business, about the furtherance of your kingdom and not our own, my God. Help us to work with one another, my Lord God. Endeavoring, my Lord God, to keep that unity, the bond of peace, my Lord God, with our brothers and sisters. Convict our hearts, my Lord God. Help us to know that we need to be on mission, dear God, all the time. That our conduct would line up with our convictions, my God. Father, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.